right. So part two of Weekend Playdate 10K Tribe is getting you physically ready to run 10 kilometers. So from couch to 10K is the whole vibe. Last week we were chatting about finding the right footwear for your runs. And now we're going to be talking about your actual body and making sure that you avoid injuries and, and maybe get a couple of hints and tips on what you should be doing in order to be able to run 10Ks without having any niggles and, and any injuries. We have Gillian Johnson, who's a sports chiropractor at Strength in Motion. Jill, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Jill, there's a, there's a lot of things that are sort of related specifically to running when it comes to injuries. Small things that maybe a lot of people have experienced, uh, something like a stitch and maybe shin splints is where I'd like to start off. Is there, is there a way that you can avoid these things? Yeah, absolutely. Especially when it comes to stitches, that's usually related to people maybe starting their runs too quickly after eating or having eaten too much before they they go on for a guard for a run. Basically, it's about monitoring what you're eating and what time you're eating um, and the gap you're taking between your meals and your running. You should ideally wait about 30 minutes for your meals to digest a little bit before you start your run. Mm. Um, and then secondly, with regards to stitches, it does have to do with the way you're breathing while you run. So oh. a lot of people tend to breathe too much through their um, the chest rather than through their diaphragms. And if they do that too much, that can also lead to a stitch. Is it, I mean, when I was doing uh, like high school running, even pri- primary school running, not properly, but you know, just you know, PE, <laughs> they, were, they told us that there was this like technique where it's like in the nose twice and then out through the mouth. Is that kind of what you're supposed to do or is it different for everyone? Um, it, it depends. It is individual. Um, but for most people, as long as you're breathing, taking deeper breaths, in through your nose, out through your mouth, and you're making sure that you're getting it down through the diaphragm and you're not just getting shallow breath through the chest, then that should help you to prevent the stitches. Okay. And I'm sure it's also um, drinking and eating um, too soon before before a run because I will have like, I'll drink tons of water because I dehydrate all the time and I'll even get a stitch. Meanwhile, I ate like, you know, two hours ago. Absolutely. It's anything that's going into the stomach that's going to be taking, and when you start running, the, the blood obviously then flows to the muscles to allow you to run, um, and it's taken away then from the digestive system. So mm. anytime that you're putting anything into the digestive system, whether it's uh, liquid or whether it's food, it is all going to make a difference. Okay, so preferably more than half an hour before you're going to, to hit the road or the treadmill or whatever. That's the, yeah. the best thing to try and avoid that and breathing into the diaphragm. And then shin splints? I mean, what's up with those? Shinsplints <laughs> are a horrible injury to get. Um, the medical term for them is actually a medial tibial stress syndrome. Mm. So basically it's a, a bone stress syndrome. So on the lining of that tibia, that bone in your lower leg, uh, you can get um, bruising and inflammation of the actual lining of the bone because the muscle, it, it essentially is pulling on the bone and it's causing an inflammation response. Um, so it's, it's a horrible injury to get. It's very painful. Um, but there are ways that you can avoid getting them. Um, one of the biggest ones is making sure that first you're in the right shoes, which I know I think you chatted about last week. Yeah. Um, and then uh, another big one is to make sure that biomechanically your body is working correctly because shin splints occur when your joints and your body is not responding correctly and you're having compensation through the body while you're running mm. and then the muscles end up having to act in a slightly different way or compensate or one side is working harder than the other um, and that's when you get these sorts of stress injuries. All right, so finding somebody who can help you I suppose, uh, I suppose with your stride to make sure that your body is moving the right way because you... Like with any sport, you, you, you can't just run. Like you, there, there are particular ways to stretch out the leg where your glute should be activating and 
These are just terms I've heard. I'm yes, assuming. 100%. 100%. <laughs> that sounds very difficult. Um, so a lot of the time, because running is so accessible, accessible to people, they will often just start running and don't take much thought of their technique. But the running technique is actually very um, important to avoid injuries. So if you are getting like continuous injuries and niggles, I would suggest maybe going to a running coach, going to a running club and asking someone to assess your style mm. um, and then seeing if there can be any like technical uh, differences that can be made and that could often help to reduce your injuries. Mm. Stunning. Um, I got a question sent in when I announced that I was going to be doing this sort of couch to 10k vibe um somebody uh, it was actually a lady who sent in a message saying um compartment syndrome like w- things that you can do around that or try to avoid it or whatever i must be honest i've never heard of compartment syndrome so i don't even know where to start with that yes it's also another tricky injury that runners often get um so you get two types of compartment syndrome you get an acute and a chronic one mm. the acute ones are quite serious and that's when you get um Basically, the, the fascia around the muscle in the leg, you can get into all different areas, but obviously in running, it's more related to the leg. Um, and the, the fascia really tightens up around the muscles and it restricts the blood flow to the muscles. So this Ooh. can end up being quite dangerous if it happens in an acute in a very short amount of time that you would actually have to go to the emergency room to get, uh, um, to get that sorted, to get, actually have an operation. Oh. Um, the, the chronic form, which I'm probably thinking that your listeners are talking about, it, it develops over time and it often develops gradually over a run. But it, it also has to do with the, the fascia and the muscle sheets being too tight around the, the muscle and restricting blood flow. Um, but what you can do to help that out is to make sure that you're actually warming up correctly before your run. Um, so if you'd be happy to me, just go through a bit of a, um, a warm-up protocol that I like all my runners to do. Yeah, um, that'll perfect. be perfect. So, yeah, so the, the, first, the first phase of this is to do um, actually start off with about three to five minutes of a bit of cardio. So whether that's skipping or cycling on a stationary bike or whatever you have access to at home, it's basically just to get the blood flowing in the body. Um, to, to get the body turned on before you get out on the road or on the treadmill where you're going to be doing a run. Um, and then the next step from there would be to do some foam rolling. So um, mm. hopefully any runner that's trying to get a little bit more serious into running should have a foam roller at home. And uh, basically what you do is about five to ten rolls per area. So uh, for running, the important areas are your lower back, your glutes, your hamstrings, your calves, your quads, the, the front of your lower leg. Wow, this um, is starting to sound like a lot of work. I thought we were just going to be running. Now I've got to roll my body. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So that is a big mistake a lot of runners make is that they think that their warm-up for running should just be running slowly before they actually start yes. running properly. But um, unfortunately not. If you do want to, if you really do want to get more serious into your running and you want to reduce your risk of injuries, you do have to take this 10 minutes before your run to just make sure that you get your body primed and ready to go. Um, it's just the best way to prevent injuries and to actually get your running to, to be better, for, mm. to optimize your performance. So, yeah, but once you get into the, the, the swing of things, it will only take you five to ten minutes to get, this, to get through your warm-up. Um, and it's basically, so as I said, you do the foam rolling. It's just to get increase the blood flow to the specific muscles that you're going to be using while you're running. Um, and then, thirdly, you can go on to something called dynamic stretching and mobility. So that's when you actually just do things like thumb kicks, high knees, lunges, a little bit of like yoga-like stretches, like cobras and downward dogs. And it's basically just getting mobility through the joints that you're going to be using while you, when you're running mm. um, to reduce that tightness and to make sure that the joints are ready to take on that load while you run. And then the last thing you need to do is a bit of muscle activation. So what's really important when you're running is activating your core and activating your glutes. So things like planks, um, lunges, wow. hip thrusts, glute bridges, just doing a couple of sets of each, three to five of each exercise, just to turn on those muscles before you get on the road so that they are ready to go um, to handle the load. 
Okay. Um, I suppose you've already answered half half of what my my next question was going to be. Is it important <laughs> to to stretch and cool down? But that was actually to help with the cop, uh, compartment syndrome. What you were saying now with the foam rolling as well and the and the activating. Yeah, so a lot, yeah, so it definitely does help with the compartment syndrome to um, foam roll through that, the part of the leg where um, you're specifically feeling it, to release the fascia and increase the blood flow to that area. Um, but that warm-up will help with everyone. Every runner should be doing this warm-up before they get on the road. Okay, and cooling down, is that important, or can I just stop when I'm done running? <laughs> Unfortunately, not as well. Ah. Um, it is important, yeah, I know. We would all have to just stop, maybe have a glass of wine. I'd be lovely, <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, but the proper cool down after a run should be, you then also do a little bit of foam rolling again. We call this the recovery rolling. Um, and this is when you can spend a little bit of extra time on those tight areas that you feel after your run and really loosen up through those muscles and the, and the spasms that you're feeling. Um, and then the last thing you can do is just a bit of static stretching. And this is when you hold a stretch for about 20 to 30 seconds per side. And again, you're focusing on those areas that are very dominant in running, your lower back, your glutes, your calves, your hamstrings, quads, your flexors. Um, and just getting your body loosened up before you sit down and relax for the rest of your day. Because otherwise, if the body cools down too quickly, you are then going to predispose yourself to some injuries. Goodness me. All right. Well, Jill, I'm really glad that we had you on to, to just go through a lot of these because uh, we're still in like the early days, the early stages of doing the, the 10K training. And at least okay. now we will hopefully have less people having injuries, just like going out there gung-ho, like, yeah, I'm going to do my, <laughs> my like seven sessions of two minutes running, one session, whatever, and then coming back with like, oh, I've tweaked this, I've done this, and now I can't run anymore. Exactly, exactly. And what I always say to all my athletes is that if you don't have time to warm up, you don't actually have time to train. It's that important to your training. Um, and, you know, for, for you guys that are just getting into running and are very keen and excited to get into it, you don't want to have something like an injury stopping you from reaching your goals. So, yeah. you know, take the 10, 15 minutes extra before and after your run, um, and it's going to make the world a difference. Fantastic. This is Gillian Johnson, who is um, a chiropractor at Strength in Motion Sports and Family Chiropractic. Jill, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, you're definitely going to make sure that we're a lot healthier um, on and off the road. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Such a pleasure. And good luck to everyone with your training.